Friends, the Winnipeg Jets continue their march towards a playoff spot as they look to seek another victory, this one against the Detroit Red Wings. There have been some minor lineup changes and some things to watch out for from a Red Wings team that is less tanky than it's been uh, in seasons past. So we'll dive into this game and what to expect, plus some interesting discussion around the Jets trade plans on tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. Your Locked On the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to today's episode of Lockdown Winnipeg Jets, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, thanks for making Lockdown Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and YouTube. Doing so is 100% free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. But most of all, we just really love and appreciate your support. Now, on tonight's episode, like I said, wanted to dive into the uh, the Detroit Red Wings today. Obviously, this is going to be not exactly a major game for the, the Jets. It's not like a game that's like a must win. But now Winnipeg is starting to kick off a pretty decent stretch of like eight or so games on the road. Um, <clears throat> so... It's going to be a, a long while before we see, you know, a stretch back at home and road games are always a fun test. And uh, honestly, you know, the Red Wings, they are not as bad as they've been in years past. When you look at the standings, they're only trailing the Panthers by one point, if you can believe it. Uh, you know, Detroit has like three games in hand on this Panthers team, too. So as you can tell, it's been a rough season for the new Paul Maurice led Florida Panthers. But the Red Wings, you know what? They are a team that's still in transition, still kind of learning how to uh, adapt towards the higher expectations now. Uh, Previous years, you know, this team, I I think we've seen their lowest lows where they were only winning a handful of games a season. And uh, we're we're definitely on track more for top 10 picks and lottery picks than they were a potential wildcard berth. And I think this year they're still off that pace. I don't think that they're really going to be good enough to maybe reach that next level. But all the same, the the Jets really can't take them uh, too lightly. And especially when you're dealing with guys like Dylan Larkin, uh, Philip Roenick, Kubalik, Perron, even, you know, Andrew Kopp still doing his thing. uh, Lucas Raymond also having a pretty good season. I I don't think that this Red Wings team has like a crazy level of offense. I mean, you're looking at the squad and generally speaking, once you get past the top six, the scoring sort of dries up really quickly. But that doesn't mean that they can't hurt you on stuff like the power play or at even strength. The power play especially is going to be a tough thing for the Jets to deal with. Um, You know, this is a good unit, especially spearheaded by Larkin. He is a phenomenal player and very clearly uh, their their number one star. But, you know, when you've got a good supporting cast, you've got the veteran savvy of Perron, who always seems to do well against the Jets. You've got Kubalik and a few others. Uh, Fronik, especially, kind of being one of the bigger surprises this season. But, you know, he, he's not the only really good player. There's Moritz Sider. Um, and, of course, like I said, Rasmussen, Kopp, 
Berggren, who maybe hasn't had the world's best start to the season, but, you know, continues to sort of adapt to the NHL level and figure out his role with the Red Wings. So an interesting team, um, one that I think I would still expect two points uh, against. I think the Jets certainly have the firepower for it. And when you look at the Red Wings goaltending, most of their goalies are sub uh, 9-10 save percentage. So, you know, I, I think all the signs point to Winnipeg doing well, especially with the Jets having a healthier roster. Now, speaking of the Jets, they did make uh, one or two lineup changes, one of which is going to be more of a game time decision. Kevin Stenlin might be coming out in place of uh, David Gustafson, just depending on uh, Stenlin's health. I think that this would be necessary anyways. The fourth line hasn't been so good recently, and Gustafson could certainly do with some time. We all know that he's a, a fabulous depth player and somebody who, at some point, I, I still think has a higher ceiling and a higher level of play to reach. Whether that's with the Jets or or someone else, I don't know for sure. But you know, either way, I, I do have high expectations for his eventual longer term NHL career. But for the time being, I think the biggest thing for um, for for Gustafson is just getting back in. The other change is is Dylan Sandberg coming out for Vili Heinola, and I think this Heinola switch is interesting. Uh, Vili, of course, has been mentioned by Bones as needing to have a longer stretch of games. Sandberg recently has been a little bit shaky, although I don't know that it's necessarily all on him. I think part of, um, you know, Sandberg's recent rough stretch was especially noticeable alongside Pionk, and it was less on Dylan and probably more on Neil. Uh, Pionk, unfortunately, has just been really bad. I mean, there's no other way to really sugarcoat it. I think we all are seeing it. I think Pionk definitely knows that his performance levels have really tailed off this year, uh, and we're kind of getting the sense that you know, as much as we wish it wasn't the case, that North Division season was probably more of the anomaly than it was an, an, an indicator of what Pionk would be for this team in the future. So I, I think longer term, the Jets really have some tough calls to make. Pionk, um, you know, every game it's getting worse and worse. Uh, some of his performances the past few weeks have probably been among the worst in his entire career. And I, I, I just don't know what you do with him other than try to find either a team that can be a better fit for him uh, or or try and shelter him because, you know, unfortunately, it, it's just defensively a mess. Offensively, he's still bringing some pretty solid value, but it's not enough to cancel out the defensive lapses, the turnovers, uh, the poor PKing, all of that stuff. All, you know, it's all kind of outweighing any of the good that he does. And offensively, he's still pretty sharp. I mean, he's got good skating. He's got that great passing and vision in certain areas. but the other parts of his game, especially the transition, the defensive zone exits, um, the the body checking and the marking and stuff, all of that has really taken a step back. And so, you know, I, I think it leaves the door open for guys like Heinle Sandberg to really step up, especially as the Jets probably want to free up some cap space and maybe look to swap out a defender for a forward. So something to keep an eye on, but we will kind of table that for now and think about the future. In just a little bit, I don't want to you know explore and talk about some interesting conversations uh, around you know the Jets and what they're looking for, what they're trying to I, I think target, and where I think Winnipeg might have some congruencies with some other teams looking to maybe make a deal. But before we go any further, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at BetOnline.net. 
BetOnline is your number one source for all of the sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis you need this season, whether you're looking to track professional or amateur sports. They've got everything from pro football to college bowl season. Uh, they've also got, of course, basketball, both collegiate and professional. And if you're looking for a post-World Cup hangover, they've got all of the return to domestic league action that you could possibly handle, whether you're interested in England, Spain, um, Germany, Italy, etc., all of the great footballing leagues. And if you also want sports coverage and podcasts, they've got plenty of those letting you plug into your sport 24-7 however you want. And as always, they're still the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix on, so be sure to head on over to betonline.net right now on your laptop or mobile device to register for a free account because BetOnline is where the game starts. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. Thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. We are just uh, moving on now talking about some conversations some folks have had about the Jets trade situations and where things stand. Uh, some stuff on, you know, coming from Friedman, some from Merrick, you know, all of the speculation around the Jets, because I think people are starting to realize and cue in on the fact that when it comes to competitors and buying teams, the Jets might be one of the best positioned squads to make some kind of a splash. How big of a splash? Hard to say. But I think everyone can see that Winnipeg is probably at a point where, you know, it's it's a playoff caliber team, but it's not yet at a, a playoff contender level. And I don't mean that in the sense that the Jets are going to be like a one and done round kind of thing, right? I think we're more talking about what are their prospects for surviving to the semifinals, the finals, all of that kind of stuff. You know, the, the conference finals are a very big, big test for the Jets. Uh, you have to survive a lot of hockey to reach that point. And Winnipeg has only advanced to that stage once in its entire existence. So this is obviously a very big question of how to uh, really get the most out of this team and, and sort of take advantage of maybe some roster strengths that they can trade from. And I think, you know, on, on the defensive side of things, the Jets are looking for, you know, some kind of a boost, right? The right side right now, it's okay, but you've got uh, DeMello, you've got uh, Schmidt, and then Pionk. And I think all three of those guys, to some degree, have varying levels of, of value. But I think Pionk, for me, is probably the guy who I would say at some point is going to have to be cut loose. I know that he still gets a lot of minutes for this team, but, you know, the Jets are looking for uh, a boost at forward, but one name that did seem to pop up as a potential trade option and maybe a swap if you were looking at uh, one of the higher salary D-men for the Jets, it would be Ivan Provorov. Uh, I believe this was either Friedman or, or Merrick who was speculating on uh, Provorov potentially being somebody that the Jets are after even now because Bowens has been really good with puck moving, active, attacking D, and I think especially with the, you know the renaissance of Josh Morrissey, right? Let's be honest, we, we we sort of look back at Morrissey's career, and I don't don't know that any of us really expected what we're seeing with like Norris caliber stuff out of Josh, uh, not even in like our wildest dreams. And it really shows how much <clears throat> the previous coaching staffs and systems were holding him back. And looking at Provorov's underlying numbers, what he's accomplished up to this point in his career, how much he's played. There are some signs that maybe if you get him away from the Flyers, he might legitimately be a really good top four attacking defender. Now, is he going to solve every single defensive issue the Jets have? Absolutely not. I think in a lot of ways, 
what we're looking for here is probably like break even in certain areas, but I think that would be a pretty big impact with how bad Neil has been this year. If you look at some of the with or without you stuff, um, the defensive zone coverages with Pionk on the ice versus with him off the ice for the Jets are like drastically different, so different. It's it's almost hard to put into words how much it, it you know, there's a drop off from Pionk and like the next best skater. So it's been a really tough year for Neil. I, I think we're going to have to figure out longer term how to swap him. But um, Provorov, I think, is interesting for me. The, the the challenge with him is he's got, like, I think two more years after this season, and his cap hit's not small. It's like 6.2-ish million or something around that range. Uh, so it's not cheap. It, it does come with considerable risk when you're thinking about it. But if you are paying a little bit more to maybe uh, bring someone like him in, while moving out Pionk's salary, it might actually be an upgrade in the longer term. That said, I, I do kind of wonder if the Jets would really be interested in that. You know, it, it is like a, like I said, a bit of a gamble. The Jets don't have a lot of cap room to take on uh, a number of project players that they can't really guarantee are going to be upgrades. And, you know, term and price are, are really important for the Jets right now. It's something that they're thinking about when it comes to, you know, some of the trade options that are available on the forward market. I've, you know, identified a couple of players, like I said, that I'm very interested in, but um, <clears throat> I think one thing the Jets are not so interested in is pure rentals. I think Winnipeg is really looking to consolidate some resources and make a more concerted push for somebody with term, which is kind of why I'm starting to think maybe somebody like uh, Ilya Mikhaev or, or, you know, a Brock Besser type or something is more of what the Jets are looking at. Uh, Connor Garland's still out there as well. Anthony Manta, I've previously mentioned, was an option. He's having a really down year with the Caps, and he's recently been getting healthy scratched. So at this point, the Caps may be willing to give him away. I don't even know what the situation is there. But all that to say, I think the Jets are are thinking, you know, for the next two seasons, they want to be as competitive and as close as humanly possible. And it starts this year. So I think that there is reason to believe uh, that for once Winnipeg is going to be proactive on the trade market. I don't know when it's going to happen. I, I think that they were waiting out this current injury crisis to see, you know, what are their our primary, you know, like what are their primary needs still? In my opinion, I think we knew what those needs were all along, but I guess the Jets are just, they are who they are. You know, the front office doesn't move at a particularly fast speed. Um, and they're still trying to uh, accrue cap space. I'm sure that they're hoping to try and stretch this for as long as humanly possible um, before some more guys hit IR. So something to keep an eye on. But, you know, for the Jets so far, it's been a really good start to the season. And if they make an acquisition acquisition or two, maybe a swap, uh, this team could really be pushed into, you know, potentially championship caliber. I really am a firm believer that this Jets team is really on the road to recovery it's in the right uh, frame of mind for the process. And they're really improving and getting better at a lot of different things. So really refreshing to see. But of course, they've still got business to take care of against the Red Wings. And uh, in just a little bit, we'll also take a look at the rest of their upcoming schedule because, you know, Winnipeg's schedule does get pretty condensed or pretty uh, packed from here. And they've got some really tough games on the road that are not going to be um, super fun for the Jets to have to contend with considering who they're going to be facing. But after that, you know, their schedule comes back home for a while and things start to relax heading into February. But we will talk about that in just a little bit. Before we go any further, though, I did want to shout out our friends and partners at Athletic Greens. 
Our next partner has a product that I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because I was looking for a boost to my immune system, what with RSV, COVID, and the flu all going around. This is a really important time to make sure that your immune system is up and fighting against all of the nasty viruses that are out there. And if you're wondering what AG1 from Athletic Greens is, it is a single delicious scoop that gives you 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, and whole food source superfoods with some probiotics and adaptogens. It's great for helping you form an easy daily micro habit. It helps to replace that expensive cold brew habit, and it's also less than $3 a day, so it's significantly cheaper. Um, you know, and for a lot of you lifestyle-focused folks, if you're on keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free diets, AG1 supports all of those, and it comes with less than one gram of sugar per serving. And best of all, there's no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or you know, no artificial sweeteners or anything like that that really takes away from it and fills your body with stuff that you don't need. And you know, you don't have to just take my word for it. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. So take it from all of their wonderful customer base, folks who are just like you looking for a really healthy alternative to some of those pills and stuff that you're you're probably already ingesting. And right now it's time to reclaim your health. There's never been a better time. And this is a great time to arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every single day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Hey friends, and welcome back to these closing thoughts on tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. We're just wrapping up real quickly with some final thoughts on Winnipeg's upcoming road schedule, which is pretty packed. Uh, obviously, you know, the next few weeks are going to be really important for the Jets to tour through uh, the Eastern Conference and get a sense of some of the higher scoring offenses out there and where the Jets sort of stack up against these opponents. After taking on the Wings tonight, they will then move on to Buffalo, then Pittsburgh, uh, they'll come back home for a game against the Yotes, which should be a nice bit of a, a relief, like a bit of a break. Um, but then they've got Montreal, Toronto, and then Ottawa. So it's like a nice Canadian tour for a few days, uh, closing out the road trip with the Flyers and Preds. They do actually have a schedule of back-to-backs here, too, that that first set of the Sabres and, and Penguins games, those are back-to-backs, which is always going to be fun. That'll be at the end of this week, and I think... That for me is probably where I expect at least one loss. I think these teams are are pretty difficult. The Sabres have a really high-flying offense this year. They're scoring a ton. Tage Thompson is obliterating opponents. It'll be interesting to see how the Jets fare against them because the goaltending and defense have been kind of an issue at times this year, but the Sabres still have enough offensive and scoring punch where it's not really been an issue. And as far as the Pens are concerned, this team is resurgent. They're looking like how we usually expect them to. Uh, you know, Mike Sullivan with Crosby continues to work his magic. Pittsburgh, always a tough, you know, opponent for the Jets. Winnipeg has gotten by them before, but it's usually been by very close margins. So we'll see how this Jets team fares. Uh, it's going to be a different experience under Bones versus how it was with Paul Maurice. But I do think that at least one of these games is going to be a loss. Uh, and not because, again, like I said, the Jets are, are bad or anything. It's just uh, with how good some of these squads have played. And a back-to-back being a really tough ask when you've got Hellebuck and Riddick starting opposite games. We'll see. You know, 
I could be surprised. I think we've seen, you know, number of opportunities here where the Jets have at least collected a point when it seemed like they really shouldn't. But, you know, Winnipeg, they've really hung in tough this year. It just might be a little bit much to ask for four points on that first little home, or back-to-back stretch on the road. I think the other really tough team is, is going to be, um, of course, Toronto. This Leaf squad, I mean, look, they've got their issues, and Winnipeg has certainly played them pretty tightly. But, you know, on the road, it is a tough ask to try and face them and beat them. I am hoping that Winnipeg pulls it off because it's always nice when Winnipeg beats any of the major Canadian franchises, but especially uh, the more successful ones. So hoping for a big win and we will see how that one pans out. But of course, you know, the Jets are going to just finish up the next couple of games. We have a busy week ahead, so stay tuned throughout the rest of the month for uh, all of the fun stuff coming up on the schedule. But for tonight's episode, that is going to be all the time that we have. Thanks for everything, and uh, we will see you throughout the rest of the week and rest of January with more coverage. As always, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice. And as always, thanks for listening. Have a great night, and go Jets go.